Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Herb Walk with Jessica Baker. Excited to be back, season three. We have a lot of exciting episodes going on. Um, but I noticed that on iTunes and on Stitcher, a lot of my episodes that I've downloaded on there before or uploaded, I'm not sure which one it is, um, they are not showing up anymore. And so I'm actually going to be re-releasing a all of my episodes that aren't on there anymore. There's some from season one. There's some interviews from season two. And so I really want to make sure that you have access to listen to all the previous interviews I've done with people um, like Mindy Green and Brigitte Mars and Montague Connolly, Julie Caldwell, um, Nicole um, Gagliano. There's like a bunch of people that I notice aren't on those sites anymore. And so I am going to be re-releasing those throughout this season as well. So you're going to be getting quite a few like little bonus episodes as the season goes on. Um, cause I'm so bummed. Those were like some of my favorite interviews with people and I want you to be able to hear them as well. But on this episode of The Herb Walk with Jessica Baker, I really want to focus on kind of what's going on here in Oklahoma in the cannabis space. And I know I've had a cannabis episode, um, but this and that one really focused on Chinese medicine and cannabis. But this one really is just going to be about what kind of has happened to cannabis over the last several years, several months, the last couple decades. There's really been a lot going on with the culture of cannabis as medical cannabis and now legalization is kind of sweeping the nation. And kind of what that means for the plant, the planet, and of course us, the people. And so you know, and so this episode really is dear to me, but it's also one that I just feel like there's a lot of stigma going on right now. I feel like this episode is really important just because there's a lot of misinformation going on right now. And I know that some of you have heard me on the Real Dirt podcast where I've talked about the taxonomy of cannabis, and we talked a little bit about terpenes. Um, and so I'll get into that a little bit here, but really what I want to do is dispel some of the myths and the miseducation and just the untruths that are kind of perpetuating the cannabis space right now because of social media and, you know, those with the biggest marketing dollars get the most FaceTime, basically. And so sit back. If you do partake, feel free. If not, um, you know, then don't. <laughs> I'll be back.
this episode off, I really want to talk about a little bit about my history with cannabis. Some of you know um, about it. Some of you don't. Some of you may not care, but we're going to go a little bit deep into it anyways. Um, unlike a lot of people I know, I really didn't start smoking cannabis until I was a senior in high school. And it was New Year's Eve. It was a party, you know, no big revelation there. Um, but as the rest of my senior year progressed, I definitely started becoming like a daily, a daily stoner. And, um, you know, didn't really affect my grades. It probably affected my attitude in that in a good way. I probably became less of, you know, I really didn't like where I lived in high school. And so I think it probably mellowed me out a little bit. It made me a little bit, you know, easier to deal with. Um, and then I went off to college to the University of Georgia where um, I moved into the dorm. And within a week or two, one of my dorm mates was like, hey, there's a Cannabis Action Network meeting. We should go and try to score a sack. And I was like, okay, um, what's cannabis? And she's like, weed. And I was like, oh, that's what, I thought it was called marijuana, weed, pot, you know? I didn't know there was like, I mean, at that time, I didn't realize cannabis was its Latin name, but you know, I didn't know that was like a thing. And I was like, sure, yeah, we need a sack. Let's go to this meeting. And so we went to the Tate Center and we showed up in the like meeting room and you know, there's like this long haired hippie running the show. He's like, I'm the president. My name's Chip Baker. And a lot of you know, he's now my husband. And so that was the first place we met was he was, I'm a huge cannabis um, advocate and activist. And so with Cannabis Action Network, they at the time were really trying to focus on the medicinal and other benefits of hemp more so than you know, what I call ganja, you know, both cannabis, but they were really like, hemp is going to save the planet. It's going to save the world, you know? And of course we all learned about Jack Herrera and the emperor wears no clothes. And we would sell, you know, hemp seed brownies at a table while we talked about, you know, how hemp can save the planet. And of course the cops didn't like it. We did all this great direct action and marching and you know, all sorts of fun things. And then fast forward about two and a half years and we live in Humboldt County. Um, medical cannabis had passed in 1996. We moved there in 1997 where we, you know, grew medical cannabis. Um, we taught some classes about, you know, how to make pot butter and, you know, just like all the things people love to do now, which is like educate people as much as possible about the benefits of cannabis. But we really became activists in another way and, you know, more environmental activists and growing cannabis kind of together, you know. So as we lived in Northern California and grew medical cannabis and became more environmental activists, you know, I began studying herbalism and really looking into nutrition and just how to live a a more simple, healthy lifestyle than one I had lived in the past. And so herbalism really, you know, it touched me. It was the thing that drew me in almost as much as cannabis did. 
was just like, oh, well, this one plant is a medicine. And now I know about nettle and red raspberry and osha and, you know, uva ursi and salalberry and, you know, just like all these things that I had either around me or within a few hours of me. And I was just blown away, you know, that, that the world was like this. And it wasn't just that, like, yes, cannabis is this miracle plant, but like all of these plants are miracle plants. And so um, that was, I always say that cannabis was my gateway herb into learning about all the other herbal medicines as well. And so always grateful for that. Always grateful for Humboldt County because it brought me not only closer to cannabis, but to all of my herbal allies. And so after, you know, so during this time, you know, my husband opened a soil manufacturing plant. We were making nutrients. You know, we were doing a lot of other things in the cannabis space. And, and now, you know, fast forward two plus decades later, and we are in Oklahoma. There's medical cannabis here. We have a dispensary we're opening and a clone nursery, and we have cultivation. And so we've really kind of embraced Oklahoma, and Oklahoma has embraced us. It's been a really great transition, and I am pleasantly surprised at how much I like it here. But let's not tell too many people, right? We don't want everybody deciding Oklahoma is like cooler than, than we think it is. <laughs> So during this time, you know, my husband opened a soil manufacturing plant. We were making nutrients. You know, we were doing a lot of other things in the cannabis space. And, and now, you know, fast forward two plus decades later, and we are in Oklahoma. There's medical cannabis here. We have a dispensary we're opening and a clone nursery, and we have cultivation. And so we've really kind of embraced Oklahoma and Oklahoma has embraced us. It's been a really great transition and I am pleasantly surprised at how much I like it here. But let's not tell too many people, right? We don't want everybody deciding Oklahoma is like cooler than, than we think it is. <laughs> but what I've really seen here, because on the West Coast, everybody, you know, either knows a lot about cannabis or thinks they already know a lot about cannabis. And here in Oklahoma, it's a pretty clean slate and there's a lot of room for education and people are hungry for the knowledge. And so I realized that people are hungry for the knowledge all over the United States. I mean, it's obvious with CBD sales. CBD just sold more um, in the herbal supplement market than turmeric and turmeric has been like the big seller for like quite a while now. CBD surpassed it greatly. And so people are curious and people are interested and they totally want this medicine. And so let's give them some real education about it. Um, that being said, this is going to be not a preachy or super boring episode, but I might get on a couple soapboxes as I dispel some of the myths around cannabis. Number one of the myths I want to dispel today is that how people are using the terms indica and sativa. And so people will say indicas are short, wide-leaf plants when they when indicas can actually be short, fat-leafed plants or they can be tall, narrow-leaf plants. And same with sativa, everyone says sativas are tall with narrow leaf. Sativas can also be short with um, fat leaves. 
So you can't just say this is a sativa and this is an indica by the way they look. And um, I think we're starting to realize that as we see a lot of um, hemp being grown and ganja being grown, and we can't really tell which one's which. And if, you know, um, everyone is saying, or not everyone, but a lot of the botanists are saying, hey, sativas are really just European hemp and indicas are, you know, all the quote unquote drug varieties that have come from India and Afghanistan and, you know, basically the Hindu Kush Valley and all of those things that we know that like good hash producers, excuse me, good hash producers from the past. Um, so, you know, it's really hard. Um, they'll be like, oh, and an indica is going to make you feel really sedated and relaxed. Well, actually a sativa can do that, quote unquote, a sativa can do that too, because it's really the synergy of the cannabinoids and the terpenoids that are eliciting the effect that you are feeling. It has pretty much nothing to do with that term indica or sativa. And so the correct way to speak about how you want to feel instead of, you know, you walk into a dispensary and they're like, oh, how do you want to feel? You want an indica or a sativa? Maybe we should, or I believe we should, elevate the conversation and actually speak about it in a manner that is at least in our current knowledge of what's going on with the cannabis plant and our endocannabinoid system is to say, you know, what terpene profile are you looking for? Okay. So maybe they're like, I've worked really long days. I get these muscle spasms in my back. You know, I just want to relax at the end of the day. So it's like, okay, well maybe we need, you know, something with a moderate amount of THC for the pain relief. Maybe we'd need a kind of a higher CBD ratio for the spasms in the back. And then maybe we'd also want like some myrcene, sedative, anti-spasmodic, anti linalool to calm anxiety, to relax the nervous system. So maybe this is like a more appropriate way to talk about it is like, hey, let's just not say sativa or indica, because as we've seen all over the internet, that the information is just whatever somebody wants to write about it at, on that day. Um, some people are actually going back to genealogy and trying to do some checking of facts, but a lot of people aren't. And that's just the unfortunate reality, is there's a lot of misinformation and, and untruths on the internet, as we see, you know, every day with all sorts of topics, not just cannabis. So myth number two I want to talk about is this idea that like CBD is the new panacea that is going to cure everything, change your life, and, you know, give you the best orgasm of your life. I've heard all sorts of things when it comes to CBD. I'm going to say this. CBD is an amazing constituent in cannabis. That being said, I believe most constituents of most plants are pretty amazing and have some miraculous properties, especially when used in a whole plant scenario, in a correct formulation with a lifestyle change and an attitude, the ability and the willingness to change attitude, lifestyle, belief systems, you know, whatever those things are that are keeping you in an unhealthy state. Yes, I believe people who've started taking CBD have seen some positive results. 
No, I don't think CBD can heal everything. No, I don't think CBD alone is a long-term answer for any sort of medical condition. And I also think that, and this is probably the thing I feel the most passionate about, is that a lot of the CBD products on the market are crap. It's actually like a CBD isolate or a distillate from Eastern Europe from industrial hemp and not from like medicinal cannabis or medicinal hemp, like, or excuse me, or um, hemp grown for a CBD extraction like we've seen a lot of here in the United States this year, which is pretty amazing how many hemp farmers we have. Good luck, you guys. Um, I think it's going to end up like... Uh, there's going to be a lot of hemp on the market that people aren't going to know what to do with, um, which is exciting. Let's overgrow with hemp and cannabis always, 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 um, as long as we have the resources and, you know, to do that, of course. And by resources, I mean water and soil and sun and shade and, you know, all the things that we need to make good medicine um, <clears throat> without over... Overworking the land, which I also see a lot of people doing these days to be on, you know, the green rush for CBD or hemp or ganja. So, yes, CBD is this amazing property or this amazing constituent, but it is not the be all. And so not only are these products not good quality, they are extremely overpriced. So people are just getting treated unfairly because they are so eager to try CBD and they are so desperate for something for their ailments and their illness and their depression and their anxiety that they're willing to pay way too much money for crappy products. Controversial. No one wants to hear it. I'm here to tell you, you are getting ripped off on these cannabis products because we have to remember placebo effect is huge. And we have to remember that none of these things are actually tested to see if they actually have the amount of CBD in them that you think you're taking. And then what's the source of this CBD? You know, there's just a lot of like, um, you know, snake oil salesmen out there. And I've just seen this like sleaziness come into hemp and CBD and it's just kind of gross and it, it makes me feel bad and all those years ago during the Cannabis Action Network when we wanted hemp legalized woohoo it freaking happened you know 30 years later um, it's just disheartening to see the greed and to see the like sleaziness to see the sharks to see the just like you know I don't know the amount of people who are getting into it who never really cared about cannabis or cared about health or cared about anything, they really just see the money. And so as somebody like me who like, yes, I love money. We all need it to survive. Um, it's just gross. And that's kind of my opinion on it. And if you don't like it, please leave me a comment. Tell me why. Tell me why I'm wrong. Tell me why you think I'm right. Tell me how your opinion differs. I, I want, I need a dialogue over this and I would love to hear more about what other people think um, about CBD, about the industry, about who they see getting into it. Um, you know, it's a, uh, it's a very interesting, it's a very interesting time. And if this is going to create a huge cultural shift which I think is amazing. 
It's going to destigmatize a plant, which is amazing. Hopefully, um, the communities of brown and black people who have been the most affected by the drug war, yes, we've all been affected, but we know disproportionately what has happened um, to the to our, you know, our fellow Americans who may not be, you know, crispy white. And so let's let's have all of that change. Let's honor that. And let's make sure that they have a place at the table and, you know, at the head of the table, not, you know, bussing the table and all that, you know, that we tend to allow to happen just based on how our society was set up, you know, all those many, many years ago, and and change comes slowly. So I really hope the the um, legalization of cannabis and hemp, really uh, hemp and ganja, is what I mean by that. Is is really what what changes this dynamic as much as possible. So those are kind of my big my big two. My my third one. A little misunderstood, and that is everyone just thinks that cannabis is organic because it's like a plant and it's grown in the ground. And so if it's outdoor, it's automatically organic. And if it's indoor, it's not organic. And that's just not true. Um, you know, organic can mean a million different things to, you know, you ask somebody and they're like, it's carbon-based life form. That's organic. Or they're like, it means it's grown without pesticides and, you know, but you can still have chemical fertilizers on it and that makes it organic. So really just um, the the word organic and natural, you know, associated with any plant is usually misunderstood. And so with cannabis being able to pull toxins from the soil through its root system and then it gets into the plant matter, it's really important to know where your hemp and your ganja was grown and have a soil test first. You know, organic means no, or, you know, no chemical um, fertilizers. Uh, that means like industrial made fertilizers, you know, chicken poo and bat guano and, you know, fish meal and all that is organic. Um, but sometimes, you know, organic also means like blood mill and bone mill. And it's like, well, what, where's that material from? And it was that from you know, factory farm animals is that's where the blood mill and the bone mills coming from. So really understanding where these materials come from. And a lot of the organic materials are mined. And so understanding that organic doesn't necessarily mean better for the environment if you're using a bunch of mined materials that are coming halfway across the world. So it's really just like understanding that there is still a huge environmental impact for what's going on in cannabis, whether it's grown inside or outside. Everyone's like, oh, inside lights and plastic trays and all of this stuff. And, you know, it's just like so bad for the environment. And sure, there's an environmental impact. But outdoor, you can also have like huge pesticide spraying. You can have, I mean, plastic tubing for all the irrigation lines and then a bunch of mined minerals that you, or mined products that you've put back into the soil you know, it all has an impact. And so it's really just one, if you're a business owner, what are you able and willing to do to make the least impact? But we all know you still need to make a, pro a profit because the world, unfortunately, we can't all live for free. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if we could? If we didn't have to buy our weed, much better place. But for now, we're buying and selling cannabis. Um, and so 
those are really my big things with, you know, what's actually going on in the cannabis space right now is just they we're all babies. Even those of us who've been into it for decades, this new space is brand new and we are all just navigating it together. Some of us with, you know, some trauma from the past, some of us with just like a gung-ho-ness for the future. Here in Oklahoma, I noticed a bunch of people who've never been in cannabis before are have licenses now. For those of you who do want to learn more about what's going on in the cannabis space, the cannabis industry, um, check out my husband's podcast, The Real Dirt with Chip Baker. He talks about all things cannabis. He just had a great episode from Canacon here in Oklahoma City. He taught a class on organic inputs and the effects of um, organic farming and all farming. And so... That's a great one to check out. He also talks um, a, to a lot of um, industry professionals and growers, and and his podcast is really great too. So you can check him out at The Real Dirt. And also, I've had a couple episodes, like I mentioned, the Cannabis Taxonomy episode, and then a couple of just like harvest specials where we were just kind of goofing around. And so they're pretty funny as well. If there's anything you want to learn about cannabis, I do have a four-part webinar series through the American Herbalist Guild, so you can check out their website where I talk um, four different webinars about cannabis. Um, that's pretty informative. And then also on my Baker's Medical website, um, I do have a blog, and those are also a lot of those blogs are also on my personal blog at jessicabaker.blog. Um, you can always check out my website bakerbotanica.com. If you want to follow me on Instagram, it's baker underscore botanica. And also my new handle for my medical dispensary and clone nursery here in Oklahoma City is Baker's Medical OKC. Thanks again for listening to another episode of The Herb Walk with Jessica Baker. Until next time. <music>